Hey guys, this is Pete. Before we start the show, I just wanted to give a quick shameless plug for my debut novel entitled Frankenstein, A Life Beyond. It's the first direct sequel to Mary Shelley's classic and follows Ernest Frankenstein, the sole survivor of the original book. Like mystery, adventure, romance, horror, then this is the ebook for you. Check it out today on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and my website, EnceladusLiterary.com. That's E N C E L A D U S Literary.com. Thanks. Now on with the show. Welcome to Hindsight is 2020, a show where we look at anything in this world and arrogantly say how we'd fix it. And I can prove it with my usual flawless logic. These two idiots. <laughs> we give our thoughts on movies and TV shows that should or should not have been. I this elaborate scheme with the Terminator. It had no choice. Their defense grid was smashed. We'd won. Taking out Connor then would make no difference. Skynet had to wipe out his entire existence. Is that when you captured the lab complex and found that, um, what is it called, uh, the time displacement equipment? That's right. The Terminator had already gone through. Connor sent me to intercept and they blew the whole place. Well, how are you supposed to get back? I can't. With your host, Pete. The more contact I have with humans, the more I learn. And Greg. They look human. Sweat, bad breath, everything. Very hard to spot. And we slowly and mercilessly beat our subject to death. You have heard enough. I have answered your question. Now I have to see Sarah Connor. I'm a friend of Sarah Connor. I was told that she's here. Could I see her, please? No. Should I tell you about your father? Boy, that's a tough one. Will it affect your decision to send him here, knowing that he is your father? If you don't send Kyle, you can never be. God, a person could go crazy thinking about this. And we're back for another Hindsight is 2020. A high-octane episode of Hindsight is 2020. Oh, hey, here An we... action-packed episode of Hindsight is 2020. Here we are, talking about the franchise that made me all these things. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe the governor and the action star and the movie star and the, the go-to guy gave me a lifter. line that I could use and everything. I'll be back. Every sound bite you ever need to hear. And then I have eyebrows and then I don't have eyebrows. Although according to this uh, website I pulled up before we started recording, Arnold Schwarzenegger's famous line of the Terminator, I'll be back, was originally in the script as I'll come back. So... Switch, switch that into all the uh, governator sound bites. I'll come back. <laughs> yeah, he did say he mentioned that in a, a recent interview. I heard him where he uh, he talked about fighting with James Cameron and Cameron telling him, "No, no, 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 you're the bodybuilder. I'm the director. I'm the writer. Go ahead and say it this way. I trust me." So it uh, proof positive that the guys who make the most money sometimes aren't the ones to. Uh, listen to <laughs> but yes we are in the world of terminator and as Why? as peter griffin would say do we really need another terminator movie <laughs> apparently we're gonna get one whether we need it or not from all the uh rumors floating around here yeah at the time of this recording there is the 
I think it's past the rumor stage and into the actual pre-production stage of yet another Terminator, maybe a reboot, maybe a continuation. Lord only knows, but we're going to tackle this either from one of two different uh, standpoints. We could either come at this saying there was a Terminator salvation and now they've come to us because it was such a bomb and said, can we reboot the franchise? Or we could come at this in the other way of, there was Terminators 1, 2, and 3. We really need this to be a franchise. Give us a screenplay, and we could redo Terminator Salvation into something worthwhile. So there's two or there's multiple ways we could do this. Oh, yeah. But we're going to come at this from the angle of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's still around. He still wants to be in it. And apparently there's the Connor family. <laughs> so, you know. For some, for some reason, nothing in time can kill these people. <laughs> it doesn't matter what decade. It doesn't matter who's involved. It doesn't matter the technology. These people are like weeds. So I guess it's the studio comes to us. Terminator 3 was a mild success, but not. Arnold is out of the governor's office now. Uh, you know, let's just play in that area. So hindsight being 2020, could we make a decent franchise out of what essentially was two good movies? Now let's let's talk a little bit about the existing films before we put our spin on all of this. Uh, do you consider yourself to be a Terminator fan? Like, what's your kind of connection with this whole series? I liked him enough. The first one I remember watching on VHS after we got a copy of it for Christmas one year and watching it several times and thinking, eh, it's, uh, it's okay. I mean, it is what it is. And it was a decent action movie for the time, but even for the time you could tell it was done on a very low budget. And then Terminator 2, when it came out, it was the talk of high school because I was in high school at the time, and it was the movie of the summer. Oh, yeah. In fact, that and Jurassic Park might be the last of that whole, there is one movie that everyone <laughs> sees that year, and it's the top of the heap. The Dark Knight? Yeah, but even then you say, well, there's the Dark Knight, but you got Iron Man thrown in there as a, um... as a secondary. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, summer of 91... Terminator 2, Summer 93, Jurassic Park. Just like all through the 80s, it was 1982, E.T., Return mm -hmm. of the Jedi, Ghostbusters, mm -hmm. Back to the Future, Top Gun. Every year had their own It's the It movie of the year. 89, there was a lot of movies that summer, but it was the year of Batman. Batman, oh, absolutely. So, Terminator 2, I liked it. I don't remember actually seeing it in a the theater. I was one of those oddballs who didn't see it in the theater, but I did see it on video and I've seen it many times ever since. And I like it good enough, but I would not claim that I am a Terminator fiend by any shape of the imagination. And that could be either a, it's just not anything that I would find super interesting or B we're going to get to the heart of this. Is there an actual franchise here or <laughs> were they just lucky and, closing their story loop with a good second movie. And if you look at the second movie, because uh, I just went and rewatched both of them in fairly close order here, I, I actually watched the first two in reverse, and 
there are a lot of beats from the first movie that show up in the second movie. Well, yeah, um, and it's the yeah. same. It's all the same people, and I mean that's what that's what lends itself to being a closed end loop mm-hmm. is that you have all of the same people involved. So everybody came back, producers, James Cameron, everybody was involved and had the continuation of story, characters, writers, producers, everything. Plus they had the, what most likely Terminator 2 is more famous for now is that big gigantic leap forward in CGI. Digital graphics. technology finds its yeah. Home. It was, the, it was yeah. the first one to really expose all of that, and it, you know, really exploit it to its nth degree to enough where it blew people away with such a novelty. And it, in fact, a lot of it still holds up now, twenty some odd years later. It's actually kind of scary how much better, in some ways, it holds up than a lot of movies that have come well after it, as far as the CGI. Yeah, and and it's probably because it's a good mixture of CGI and practical, mm-hmm. which is where Chris Nolan and other those guys probably take CGI into the right direction. Is they'll use CGI, but they'll put a real explosion next to where they're having a CGI character walking out of, or or something like that. Not well. Let's just <laughs> take this shot, and everything is in a computer. It's it's Harry Potter playing Quidditch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, sure. If you want to go, that <laughs> that, that's immediately popped, what popped into my head when I was thinking, eh, this is not up to snuff, <laughs> at least in those first couple of movies. So that's my experience. What is your experience with The Terminator? The Terminator. Yeah. Uh, well, um, I don't know. I honestly don't know when I actually saw the first one. I might have seen the second one before I even saw the first one, honestly. I, I've, you know, I think I've been kind of clear about this in the past. I'm very much the sci-fi fan, um, so this series has always appealed to me. I don't know what exactly it is, if it's the action part of it, if it's, you know, the science fiction element of it. Uh, you you kind of have in The Terminator, um, it kind of touches upon several different genres and something again going back and rewatching that first one earlier today that I was struck by was it fits so nicely into that time period of the early 80s because the early 80s were all about the movies with the the horror movies with the unstoppable killer and yeah. so you have a nice little cross genre um natural kind of blend uh with that uh, aspect of it but i mean beyond that just the design of the thing is so cool um stan winston i you know rest his soul uh just did some amazing work with uh the look of the terminator especially once it's out of the arnold skin <laughs> and uh i mean like you were saying terminator 2 just as big as a movie could get that summer and was just kind of uh, the imagery and all that was kind of everywhere. We were just coming out of the Cold War era. Uh, You'd had, uh, I think, wasn't it during the summer that the Soviet Union officially fell apart? It would have been 91. Yeah, because I think Berlin Wall was like 89, 90, something like that. So, yeah, Soviet Union came down at some point around there. Yeah, I mean, the first movie is really built around 
that fear of the Cold War and nuclear annihilation, which especially at points in the 80s was you know, very real. Um, so having this new vision and this idea of in the second movie, you know, you can change your fate uh, was kind of, a, I think, a powerful idea, um, especially given the historical events that were going on at that time. I did see Terminator 3 in the theater. Uh, I had somewhat lowered expectations for that one. It had been year what, 12 years? How long? Yeah, 2003. Yeah. Since uh, the Terminator 2 had come out and everything, Arnold obviously was aging. We all pretty much knew he was going after the California governorship at that point. So, again, you had some historical events kind of surrounding it. But there was just such a different tone and vibe and uh, kind of feel to that film. I had some at parts I was able to connect with it and at other parts, not so much. Um, it's not, I don't think, unwatchable, but it's kind of, you know, it's kind of the return of the Jedi of the group, I would say, out of the three. And then uh, and then I saw Terminator Salvation. <laughs> I did watch the Sarah Connor Chronicles TV show. Again, parts of that, okay. Uh, some interesting ideas, especially towards the end, I think were starting to come out. I think it was really starting to get some idea of what it what it wanted to become when it got canceled. Um, it's if you're a serious Terminator fan, I mean, I think it's worth at least checking out and you know through the miracles of the internets and sources like that today, you can just skip over the episodes that don't appeal to you just easily enough. But yeah, um, Terminator Salvation. I just was not excited about um, you. Part of it was the director. Part of it was some of the uh, animosity, I guess, uh, some of the drama surrounding the actual production that got out there into the public. Nothing in the trailers made it look real interesting. And when I heard what they had changed from what was supposed to be the original script to what they ended up with, and I think the original script really could have given... Um, the franchise kind of a new direction to go a new life uh, and you know compared that to what we ended up with it just yeah I have no real love or connection with that film at all so it kind of has ended for me on a downbeat it's just been since Terminator 3 kind of a s- steady decline or just a steep cliff or a cliff <laughs> yeah Terminator 3 was a watchable movie but it just doesn't fit and Terminator Salvation was completely screwed the second a large ego got involved with <laughs> Christian Bale trying to change and then suddenly the script changed like you said the original story was John Connor just a voice in the in the radio and it was all about the new character in it and his journey of being Essentially, what was a mystery of the movie turned into a muddied mess that no one could understand. <laughs> but it, the mystery of the movie being that the character of Marcus was on death row, and Helena Bonham Carter was trying was part of the Cyberdyne Systems Company trying to create uh, essentially what they're they're making now, or they're talking about doing now, which is extension of life is. Can you have a full robotic skin and all of your same memories and your same personality and conscience put into uh, essentially a robot so that you get rid of the ills of the physical world, 
and have a mechanical body while still being the person. And then he wakes up years later and doesn't realize he's an actual machine. And they tried to make it this big mystery, but it wasn't a mystery at all to me. Whereas apparently some people never got it even after the credits rolled, never understood. Oh my, my gosh, I mean, the trailers gave it away. Yeah, it's like, oh, you're, <laughs> you're, you think you're human. And it, it just, and Bale and his bat voice. <laughs> oh, 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 you think you're, where's the trigger? Where's the trigger? So he, he thinks he was human and he's not, he's a machine. And that was a good story to follow, but then they just kept, well, let's cut back to Christian Bale as John Connor. For, for some, some reason. reason. Yeah. And there's Michael Ironside as a guy, something. And then we're going to go to their place in San Francisco where they're collect the machines are collecting people. or It just was a muddied mess. And we can and you had a, a kid in there and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, but the twist that totally went away at the end of it was John Connor gets fatally wounded and ends up waking up basically in the state that the Sam Worthington that the Marcus character was in as a Terminator and ends up killing everybody in the room and then it was supposed to, you know, fade to credits and ooh, can't wait for the sequel type of thing. And, and that could like have I said, would have would have given it an interesting direction to go. Yeah, very interesting reboot idea. So that's it. Our episode's over. There it is. Yay, the they did it. <laughs> John they had the they had the idea and they didn't film it. Thank you. So there's our hindsight. Go back and do the original <laughs> script and just be done with it. And you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think we have to have a very long show here because my, my ideas for a new Terminator movie are fairly simple, and that is you gravitated to the sci-fi stuff, and I always love time travel stuff. And mm. that was one thing that in all four movies so far has barely ever been touched on. It has been just a simple device of, yep, there's time travel, and you can't go through without anything organic. So that's it. Go see you later. And and for me, I mean, I don't know how you feel about this. Just by the nature of trying to cram in, oh, we got money to do another one? Well, let's do another one. They just keep making these new paradoxes, and they have to come up with these BS explanations. Because in the first movie, it's like, well, they destroyed all the equipment. Nobody else comes through. It's just him and me fighting it out. Well, apparently they didn't destroy all the equipment because you had a second movie and then a third movie. And then, my gosh, in the series, there were Terminators coming through practically every other day. Yeah, well, <laughs> so then I guess my uh, my opinion on if somebody came and said, okay, Terminator 3 has been made, can mm. you make a new one? I would almost say, can we go back and say Terminator 3 didn't exist too? And just say that Terminator 1 and Terminator 2 was a closed loop on the John Connor, Sarah Connor story. And what we can do is instead of retconning that story like 3 and 4 did, where they kept making changes to it and kept making those paradoxes, let's just go ahead and do a story. And again, I think what the original screen screenplay to Salvation sounds like what it was. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and have a new character. It's set in the future. All of the events of Terminator 1 and Terminator 2 happened as we saw them. Now we are just seeing the the war with the machines. What got us to that point? What got John Connor to the point of sending Kyle Reese back? And show us the invention of time travel. 
<laughs> that is such a large gaping it was a, hole. It was a DeLorean. What are you talking about? It's, we already know what the... <laughs> there is such a an absolutely gaping hole in the the storytelling of who found the time travel. Was it a scientist who discovered it? I mean, apparently the, the one they're working on now, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is supposed to be, well, everybody said he's supposed to be the model for the Terminator. That's why they look like him, but that he was a scientist. It's almost like in Terminator Salvation, the Helena Bonham Carter character could have been what Arnold was supposed to be, which was a scientist working on trying to design the metal exoskeleton or whatever. And then it t- teamed up with Skynet, became self-aware, and and took over and started the war. And so the the idea being that maybe it, within Cyberdyne systems they discover the ability to travel through time. Uh, I don't know. I'm grasping. Um. I see. I was kind of kicking this around a little bit earlier today too. And I I almost would take it back even one further. I was thinking more of, well, what if you had certain events play out after the end of the first Terminator movie and a la, if you like, uh, kind of the J.J. Abrams direction here with Star Trek. We are talking about time. You don't have to stay in that same timeline, obviously. If something comes in and changes it, if there's a decision that's made that takes things in a different direction than we've seen before, I mean, kind of the butterfly effect, if you like, well, that could open up plenty of new story possibilities and everything. One of the lines that she drops towards the end of the movie, she's you know driving down to Mexico to go into hiding, and uh, she's making these t- uh, tapes for her unborn baby and everything. And she brings up this idea that I think is kind of an interesting one of, you know, well, what kind of, what do I tell you? Or when do I tell you, when do I choose to tell you certain things and everything like that? I mean, well, say in one timeline, she makes the decision to reveal who his father is at one point or, you know, at another point or something like that. in the other timeline, that's going to have massive changes in the way that, John Connor interacts with Reese and some of the decisions that he makes and all of that kind of stuff. See, now you get into the troublesome part of time travel, which I will go back to a a point of reference that you don't have. <laughs> okay. A lot of listeners might, which is Lost. Ah, yes, Lost. And one of the problems that the showrunners faced that I think they solved very early on but mm-hmm. that fans and internet people were just not willing to accept as they watched and didn't realize that as they were watching episodes unfolded in seasons five and season six that had to do with time travel, the producers were basically saying, in no uncertain terms, I think one of the episodes was actually called, whatever happened, comma, happened. <laughs> basically telling you that you are watching events that unfolded you're not watching events that, because of time travel, the characters knew something and were trying to change it. You were watching events that caused the things that already happened. So they were going at it from the standpoint of you're not watching an alternate timeline of these characters knowing the stuff because of time travel and changing it. You're watching the characters 
play out their roles in the time loop that already exists. So it's almost like it's more dramatically interesting if instead of the the new motif that I know everybody loves, which is the J.J. Abrams Star Trek, which you branch off and, and go the Doc Brown chalkboard craziness. <laughs> yeah. The, the Terminator rules uh, almost seem like they're more dramatic when they're just this is what happened and it's all one closed loop and we're just seeing the story as it unfolded not seeing a different branch of it and it could change while we're watching it we're just seeing what actually has happened Mm -hmm. and it's an interesting loop to follow so that's why i think it's most really important is to try and figure out a what's the technology or who discovered the actual time travel capability Mm-hmm. And B, putting an actual story limitation on the ability to travel to explain why there isn't a a time-traveling Arnold Schwarzenegger being sent back every 30 seconds. <laughs> and they send back an army of Terminators to just all of a sudden Los Angeles is full of Arnold Schwarzeneggers trying to shoot John every John Connor and it's done. Right. So there has to be some limitation reason that has just never been explained that I think would make a really cool new modern telling of the story is showing the future, showing the war and the you know the the salvation basis that they had being a good starting point showing where the exoskeletons came from, Cyberdyne system how it all ties in. Mm-hmm. But I think the main focus has to be just for an explanation standpoint of to how the story can continue in any way is explain why there isn't a Terminator being sent back every 30 seconds. It's the Michael J. Fox and the DeLorean problem. <laughs> why are you always running and out of breath? Just set the clock back and you'll be fine. Wait a minute. I've got a time machine. i got all the time in the world. Exactly. Yeah. So why are you only going back five minutes? Go back like three hours. Sit around, have a coffee, and then go with yourself and then go stop shooting. Uh, yeah, actually, I was I was thinking about this again um, since the first one's fresh in my memory and everything. I I've the way it's kind of presented, the way the explanation is given, and again, obviously, they weren't thinking. Well, we're going to have to explain several movies and a TV series with these lines uh, when they originally envisioned them or anything like that, but. Um, he makes it sound as if, okay, well, the rebels, you know, over overran Cyberdyne and the machines had lost, and this was like a desperation move on the machines to use this time travel thing and to send this machine back to kill Sarah Connor, and then I went through, and then that was it. Well, again, it's a time machine. They might have sent back, you know, a number of machines. I mean, that could have gone, you know, kind of like sleeper agents that could have gone active at like any point or something like that. They actually kind of played with this idea a little bit in one or two of the episodes from the TV show where they had like at one point a Terminator that had been around since like the 1920s. And I'd, I'd, I don't remember much about the episode, but it had eventually gotten like walled up in this old theater and they found it there because with its power cells and everything. I mean, it was basically just kind of hibernating, just waiting to go active on its mission and that kind of thing. So you could have had a slew of these things go back and they might just be appearing at different points 
as kind of insurance or something like that. But, you know, you'd have to, I think, delve more into the mechanics of time travel. And, you know, some of these things might have gotten displaced because events didn't play out the way that they had previously before Cyberdyne sent the things back. But, I mean, this is where you start to get into some of this convoluted explanation stuff that you tend to get into with um, time travel stories and paradoxes and that type of thing. Yeah, and it, it it seems like it would. I mean, a very interesting thing would be to sit down with James Cameron, honestly, and say, <laughs> "What was your idea for this?" Because I know you had an idea for what caused the time travel. Everybody has their writer notes that don't get included, but but to have it set in the future and the war between the machines and man, but to have the drama surrounding whatever this time portal is that maybe only the humans know about requires some ungodly amount of energy or there's something involved that the human beings know they can't do or it's going to be the death of them. And it's something that the machines wouldn't think of because they're machines. Mm -hmm. So they wouldn't even think of a, a time portal or anything like that. And it's not until it's relayed to the machines because of the humans that the machines have no qualms about doing whatever massive energy nuclear explosion it takes to to use this time portal and that could be you know a, a major crux of the uh, of of whatever story we would tell is the machines just going ahead and because they're cold they're calculating they don't think ahead they're just going to go ahead and set off whatever this is kill billions of people or millions of people and use the time portal. And so maybe a good dramatic thing would be is when the time portal is used, it, it could be, you know, maybe this is the Kyle Reese ends up being sent back and something he never tells Sarah is that, or he doesn't even know, is that as soon as he's sent through, maybe, you know, every person around him or every all the human beings were killed or something when uh, when he was sent through and he's suddenly the last human alive i don't know oh that would definitely ramp up the drama and, and so you know i keep harping on that but it seems like it's the one big missing gaping hole that could be used for so much drama to continue any sort of make any sort of franchise out of terminator would be dealing with the time travel issue that has never been touched well, kind of building off of that, I guess I have a opinion question for you. How important, you know, this many films in do you feel it is to stick with or emphasize the John Connor character at this point? I think it's unnecessary. They're, they're, if there's a bigger universe and they want this to be a bigger universe, then they need to go with their gut that they originally had when uh, before Christian Bale got involved. And he decided to make the John Connor character a big hero character. Go with the original idea of he's just background. We've already told his story. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's this is very random, but it's the same <laughs> problem that, uh, you know, on some long, long discussions that I had and heard about the Halloween series, mm -hmm. the slasher series with Michael Myers. The first movie was a standalone movie, never meant for a sequel. The, studio, or the, the producers made so much money, they said, we need a sequel. So John Carpenter said, fine, I guess I'm under contract. You pay me money, I'll write you a sequel. But I'm writing it with an ending with Michael Myers and Dr. Loomis blowing up 
and <laughs> and gases in a gaseous hospital room, and Jamie Lee Curtis riding off into the sunset in her ambulance. Done. And then their idea was, oh, let's make it an anthology series where the name Halloween is just over the top of whatever story we're going to tell every year in October. And that's why Halloween three was so weird. <laughs> because people thought, oh, Halloween. Well, look at the guy in the William Shatner mask with a knife. No, he wasn't there. So the producers got scared, shitless. Part three was <laughs> terrible. So they, let's bring Michael Myers back. And then it just became endless. Because Dude, Michael Myers is a killer shark. He is a killer shark. <laughs> Happy Halloween, Mikey. So, <laughs> oh, busta. But not, so... The idea would be a good one if Terminator 3 didn't exist and if somebody's coming to us and saying, okay, Terminator 1 and 2, they were a big deal. Arnold Schwarzenegger still wants to do it. Can we do it? I would say, so John Connor's story, you know, in the Halloween correlation, the Jamie Lee Curtis story is over. It's done. Let's spin off into some other realm of this universe. Mm-hmm. Almost like our fears of what's upcoming with the new Star Wars <laughs> our fears with the new Star Wars are going to be is the instinct that it seemed like and obviously at this point we know absolutely nothing about the next new Star Wars except that J.J. Abrams is directing it mm-hmm. but it seems like with the news that has leaked out about that so far that the original screenwriter Michael Arndt was writing a story about a new generation new characters and there was going to be a little bit of support in the background from Mark Hamill but the studio and Disney is saying, no, 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 you're off it. J.J. Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan come in here and rewrite the screenplay. You're going to make Han, Leia, and Luke main characters in this one. And this is more toyetic. And, and it, the... <laughs> toyetic, God. <laughs> so that problem is that could be cool, but that's one of those don't, go with that instinct kind of a feelings that's in the back of our heads of I think the Skywalker family story is over and it's time to go somewhere else in that universe so and back to Terminator the John Connor Sarah Connor Kyle Reese story is pretty much told mm-hmm. there's nothing else necessary and that's why you have the disappointment of part three because the John Connor story was told, it was over, Arnold was defeated, and they traveled the road into the future. Sarah Connor died after uh, original 1997 <laughs> After <Doomsday>. contract negotiations <laughs> broke down. <laughs> <laughs> but then all of a sudden you have Terminator 3, and what do they have to do? Well, there's John Connor, and no, you didn't fix it. We're going to start all over again. It's like, yeah, you thought it was over. It's not over. It's never over, John Connor. <laughs> so that's why... Part three, I think, was okay as an action movie, but bad, left a bad feeling in people's guts because they knew on some level the story was forced. Hmm. It was it was not being true to the story that we had been told in the first two movies. They suddenly pulled the legs out from underneath the foundation of that story by saying, hey, we're done. We're going into the future. Oh, wait. But we're not done because we're just gonna do other stuff. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out just kind of food for thought, I guess. I'm kind of playing off of that and everything. The mm. fact that we're kind of wrapped up with this. Mm, thought All right. food. Thought food. Ooh. <laughs> so machines have 
almost annihilated humanity. They've bombed civilization more or less out of existence. And my God, they're everywhere. (laughs) Nobody else on the planet is figuring out how to fight these things. Nobody else is standing up and rallying the remaining human beings around the globe to rise up and challenge the machines. They're not storming any other facilities that Cyberdyne Systems or Skynet has developed on the planet. It's just there in Los Angeles. I think and that John was, Connor. I think that is supposed to be taken as uh, taken for granted that that is the story. That is a global war, man versus the machines. Mm-hmm. So I think that is it's inherent in the story that what we're seeing from all this point of view is, again, we're in this John Connor story. So apparently ground zero, for lack of a better term, would be the San Francisco facility or whatever it is. That's where Skynet and Cyberdyne Systems is based out of. But... Again, they with with parts three and four, they just made it such a mess. So it's almost like we need to hindsight twenty twenty this thing by completely eliminating three and four. Done. Just (laughs) just saying it's one and two. They want to franchise. What else can we do? Because three and four suddenly, I mean, part three says at the end of it. Because by 2003, I think there were people starting to realize that there was eventually going to be a thing called the cloud, which we have now, <laughs> where you don't go to, to 123 Main Street and there's a server there. And if you destroy it, it's all done. It's just out there everywhere. and That's true. On multiple redundant servers. And that's what they came with at the end of part three was... Uh, the 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 twist, if you will, was Arnold telling John Connor and Catherine Brewster to uh, <laughs> get to this location. That's where Skynet is, and you can shut it down. And when they get there, they find out, no, 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 he was just getting you underground. Skynet is live and all over the place. There is no centralized location of it. And so all of a sudden you're in Terminator Salvation, and it's like they completely ignore that. And say, no, 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 there's a centralized location we have to get to, and we can just shut them all down. But here's how it really works. (laughs) (laughs) So they just keep screwing themselves over. And so if we just started this by saying one and two exist, Mm -hmm. nothing else does, how can we make the Terminator franchise move? I guess my idea would be to set it just in the future. John Connor is just a a leader and we can deal with the stories of different soldiers maybe Kyle Reese we can follow him since he was a soldier and we didn't know much about him and our new trilogy if they really want it can end with Kyle Reese being chosen and being sent back in time and we can deal with the time travel machine and it's almost like that was somewhere in the McGee mind with Terminator Salvation saying this is the first of a new trilogy and here's our young kid, Kyle Reese, and it's probably where he was planning on ending up was mm-hmm. somewhere in his third movie. Kyle Reese is going to be sent back in time just like we saw. And probably considering the digital face technology they did with Arnold, they probably have Michael Bean to do a digital recreation of his face, putting him back in time or something. That would be interesting. So that that would be <laughs> – there's my idea. Just well, skip I'd, three I'd... and four. 
and just show the modern the future war. I actually kind of like the idea, and I mean, I don't. I'd have to go back and look at two more closely. This might not be possible if we're using both one and two, but uh, I almost like the idea of him befriending Kyle Reese and not knowing exactly who he is. And they have, you know, their adventures during the war and survive with the survivor, whatever. And yeah, he finds out in, you know, some big kind of dramatic way or something like that. And then that's going to impact his decision making going forward and creates doubt in the character about if he's making the right decisions here and there because, you know, it could put his own existence in danger if he lets his father go off on this mission or that mission and that kind of thing but you know it's too important not to have him there and stuff like that it adds dramatic tension and the dramatic tension of i mean i like that that if he partnered up with reese didn't know who he was and i'd have to actually go back and watch salvation because i think they did something like that very briefly with christian bale going call reese is here uh, so, so something along those lines of maybe they're, they're partners in the war and they're buddy buddies or, or something or another. I mean, maybe Sarah Connor never told her, told him his name, maybe it never said the name Kyle, Re- but that's, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Um, well, I mean, she could have just called him Reese or Kyle and, you know, I, again, it goes back to that line that she drops at the end of the original Terminator about, you know, what do I say, what do I tell you? When do I tell it to you? Yeah. I mean, it's a good thought. It, it could go either way. I think the it's, there's drama inherent in either way. I think there's drama mm-hmm. inherent in John Connor knows exactly who this guy is, knows exactly what has to happen, doesn't know when it's going to happen, doesn't know how it's going to happen. He only knows this guy's my father and I have to put him in a time machine right along the same time that the machines send Mr. Olympia back, send Conan the Barbarian <laughs> back for me. And that's the only thing I know, so I have to keep him close, and I'm going to give him a, a Polaroid of my mom in a Jeep. That Those are the only things that w- would make it dramatic, but is it dramatic enough when to hold a to sustain a to sustain an entire film well and that's why i was saying if you've got more going on on kind of a global scale type of thing and you kind of up the stakes and you see you introduce some new characters and conflicts and dynamics and everything in that then it does expand beyond just the john connor story which obviously does have bookends to it um and I think you open up the potential to be able to do more with that. You've got more sites where time travel could be involved and be, you know, changing things. And, yeah, I mean, you've just got a lot bigger canvas, you know, good or bad, I guess, to play with. And then you wonder if the end of the trilogy is a big F you to the fans. And just as there's a time machine rift, it's opening. It's like, oh, my God, here it comes. John Connor just says to hell with this we could probably end the whole thing right now shoots Kyle Reese in the head shoots himself in the head and then all of a sudden the whole world just turns into this blissful paradise and it was all their problem (laughs) it was completely the Connors family fault if they hadn't even existed wait a minute none of these damn machines would have come back and killed all these people in fact (laughs) 
if John Connor didn't exist, the machines wouldn't have anybody to go back to. There we go. The Terminator was trying to do everybody a big favor, as it turns out. <laughs> so suddenly, the world turns fresh and clean, but then there's a little minor twist at the very end, just before the ending credits. We see Arnold Schwarzenegger um, talking about as a scientist. Oh, hey, I just found this thing. It might be a new time machine. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out that everybody in this revised version is all cyborg. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's happily ever after. Everybody's cyborg. happily ever after. The machines are there. The humans are there. Uh, it's, all, it's all good. <laughs> it all worked just fine. <laughs> So the big twist is that the Connor family screwed it all up. It was all their fault. And, and echoing just as we, as John Connor standing there with the gun pointed at Reese, we hear a little echo callback of Sarah Connor of Linda Hamilton's voice from the first movie going, think I can lead an army? I can't even balance my checkbook, checkbook, checkbook. <laughs> Maybe she was right. <laughs> she wasn't meant to be a leader. <laughs> she was a waitress, for God's sakes. And that's it. And we're through <laughs> the looking glass, people. <laughs> the end. The end. Our movie just made $100 million first weekend because people were like, did you see the Terminator movie? Oh, my God. <laughs> we're all sitting around singing at the end of it. What the... <laughs> But then there's apparently they're all cyborgs. Everybody is, and they're all happy about it because they're and all they're living forever. Time, and they still have a time machine. What? <laughs> they're all living forever and happy and harmony, harmony and peace. Yeah, the world is super clean. <laughs> yeah, you get that. that actually would be a, a very interesting contrast ending if you ended with everybody being like Marcus, but successfully in that their consciousness lives on. But they're in these exoskeletons that really can't die. So there's harmony and peace because nobody can hurt each other. <laughs> the guns are outlaw. Guns are, are not even outlawed. They're just useless anymore because they can't do anything. <laughs> so it's just and the nuclear energy was harnessed. And now there's a nuclear reactor inside everybody. And the only thing that will be banned in the future will be magnets. Exactly. <laughs> we will go on and we will live forever. We will travel the galaxy because we can live forever. Yeah, I can go in space. I don't have to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Terminator in outer space. That's the follow up. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we spin it off is that now it's just nothing but synthetic organic material over exoskeletons that are living forever and it's the full combination of man and machine living harmoniously all because john connor ended the stupid loop they created i actually kind of like that <laughs> oh man not to get too spoilery for those you haven't seen it hint hint person but that's very lost right there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> very, okay, all you did was close that time loop. You didn't change it. You didn't put us off into another time tangent. You just simply closed that stupid loop. So, I like oh, that. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, that's the Terminator. We're all metal men.
We are all determinators. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's no better way to end it than that one right there. That's a thing. We well, good? Since we are talking about machines, you know. <laughs> Oh my God! The machines are made of people, <laughs> or the people are made of machines. <laughs> All right. So is that a show? Are we getting out of uh, here? I think we can wrap it up. We can travel through time. Sweet. All right. All right. <laughs> well, now, now I just have to go and press record. Oh. Oh. Later. Listen and understand that Terminator is out there. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear, and it absolutely will not stop, ever, until you are dead. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Episodes can be downloaded on iTunes or at EnceladusLiterary.com. Then why the f*** are you walking right through, ah, da-da-da-da, like this in the background? What the f*** is it with you? Boy, you were going to owe a fortune to the swear jar. You got any idea about, hey, it's distracting having somebody walking up behind Bryce in the middle of the scene. Opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect those of Enceladus Literary. Give me a answer. I, I don't get it. What don't you get about it? I, I don't get why we need another Terminator. I just, I, I don't, I don't get it. Oh, and uh, by the way, sorry, I, I, I ate that last piece of pie that you were saving for yourself. Oh, good for you. And how was it? It was good. I hope it was good because it's useless now, isn't it? Wait, it's nourishing me, so that's that's useful. Sake, man, you're amateur. Okay, but ah.